0: There's no right way. Like nobody has all the answers for me. Like nobody can tell me how my team is gonna be successful, right? Nobody has the answer. I'm just doing the best that I can. And that's something that I should be proud of like what I've accomplished and there's no right or wrong way. You know, it's just the way we're doing it. (laughs) Doing my best.
1: Hello and welcome back everybody to another Hansei podcast. Have you ever wondered what the founder and CEO of an esports team does? Well, if you have, then you're in for a treat. Because in this episode, I bring on my friend, Emily Tran, the CEO and founder of Equinox Gaming. They're an amazing esports organization, primarily focused within the Tekken space of the FGC. And Emily has been kind enough to come onto the show to share her experiences on what it's like to be a CEO of an esports organization, how she had to pivot operations during a pandemic, and so much more. So if you're interested in this, please go ahead, stay a while, and give us a listen. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy.
0: Thank you. Hi, guys. My name is Emily, aka Rose, and I am the owner and co-founder of Equinox Gaming. Equinox Gaming, for those who don't know, um, it's a North American esports organization, and we are focusing mostly on Tekken 7 and Street Fighter, and... We're kind of new, we started in June 2018, and yeah, so I'm ready to talk about my story with you.
1: Nice. So yeah, if you, by the way, if you want to learn more about Emily's history in esports in general, then I would suggest you check out a mini documentary created by Hold Back to Block, right? Yeah, that, that, that channel name is a mouthful, so I have to remember it. Uh, but yeah, that goes over a lot of your history and how you got started in esports. But we're here to talk about you and your team. So you said you started in 2018, so that's like two years ago.
0: Yes, June
1: 2018, CEO 2018. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Time flies. I know, right? <laughs> so how, how did you get your start? Like what made you want to start up your own esports team?
0: I just came to that point in my life. I had been working for Echo Fox up until that point for about two years. And before that, I was just freelancing for different websites like uh, Lolly Sports and uh, ESFI, IGN. And I don't know, I just felt like I was at a point where I had the opportunity and the means to try this project that I had in mind. And my 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 experiences at Echo Fox, uh, I was able to work a lot with players. And so it became a passion of mine to be able to work with these players and sort of help support them and grow their brand and make them, you know, have sustainable careers outside of just their game. So I just became passionate about that at Echo Fox and I wanted to do it myself and I wanted, you know, try to do it with my vision. And so yeah, that's somehow <laughs> the ball just started rolling and here we are. So. I don't
1: know. <laughs> so it just it just popped in your idea in yeah, your like head just, one day.
0: I felt like I was at a point where I could do it. I ha- I had gained a lot of knowledge, experience up to that point. I had the means. I had the support. I had a lot of people that I could rely on to ask questions, get advice, work with you know consultations. It was it just felt like the right time.
1: All right. There's a lot to unpack here because you said a lot of things that I was like, okay, that's good. <laughs> we could segue. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's amazing. Let, let's talk about support because I think support is is really, really important when you're starting any type of endeavor. Um, and, you yeah. know, being, being Asian, you and I, uh, gaming, the industry, the, the gaming industry isn't li- exactly the first thing you think of, at least from the parent's perspective, right? When you want a career. So right. how did your family kind of take it when you were like, you know what? I want to start my own business in this industry centered around video games.
0: So my parents, of course, at the start thought it was just, you know, hobby or like they thought it was a phase and they thought I would outgrow it. Like I did a lot of the things I enjoyed, like I liked wrestling and stuff. I want to be like a wrestler. And they thought like that was like, that was like a phase that passed. They thought like this video game thing was going to pass. Sorry, that's really random, but I ended up kind of compromising in a way where I was still pursuing my education and I was still working, getting experience working. But at the same time, I was trying to mix that together with esports. So the way I did that was by writing for different online websites like ESFI World and ESL. And that's how I was able to stay involved with esports Keep my family happy while also doing schools and in school i was studying english cre- uh, creative writing and communication so that's how i married them together
1: oh okay yeah. so it was kind of like a oh you're using what you learned in school and yeah. even though we might not get exactly what you're doing in this industry or what this industry is all about at least you're making mm-hmm. money right and you're supporting yes. yourself
0: and using your your talent la- talent my talent which is writing which was writing <laughs> i haven't done that much writing recently but at the time, I was doing a lot of.
1: Mm. In the documentary, you said your dad was a big supporter of Equinox, right? Yes,
0: yes, he's a big fan, and none of this would be possible without him. So I'm super happy to be working with him on this project.
1: Yeah, I thought it was super cute. There's a during the B-roll, <laughs> there was a uh, there was a picture of of him and you and him wearing like you know the merch and everything, mm-hmm. and I was like, yep. damn, that's <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> he
0: wanted to wear he wanted to wear the jersey but like it was too long because we're short <laughs> so, like it went down to his knees and right. I was like, so he wore like a t-shirt instead but cute yeah he's like a big fan i'm I'm really proud i liked it. my mom is a fan too they always ask like how's Dimeback doing oh how's cuddle doing they always ask they and they always my mom is really good about liking posts and like checking out everything so both of them are really supportive
1: ah super fans i love it yeah how did that conversation start with your dad did you just go up and was like yo dad i have an idea this is what it is can you help me back it um you know how was your what was your approach like
0: well actually uh it was at the point where i was a little confused about what to do at the end of echo fox because i knew i wanted to pursue something else but i, I was it's like you know a big change is scary like you don't want to leave a People think it's crazy to leave like a T1 org like Echo Fox, right? But uh, I just, I needed guidance. That's how I do a lot of my stuff. I talk to people. I talk a lot. So I talked to my dad a lot about what happened with Echo Fox and where I wanted to go from there, like how I wanted to keep growing uh, my career. And actually, he was the one that kind of said like, "Oh don't we try it? And so I was like, are you serious? <laughs> He was kind of feeling like I had the potential to lead this project. Of course, I wanted to do it, of course, but like I never took it. I never knew that my father would like be on board. And so I wanted to make him, of course, feel better about it. So I pitched it out, right? Like a a plan and ideas about the whole start, the whole start. And yeah, he was like pretty happy about it. He was really
1: supportive. It was great. (laughs) Dang. Okay. What was um, the biggest challenge that you had when it came to starting up Equinox? Was it getting like the funding? Was it coming up with a plan and, and forming a direction? Because I know that in the beginning you said esports uh, org, uh, but esports, you know there's like so many different games. How are you going to find players? I think there's a billion questions right now that are flying through my head. So which one was the one that kept you up at night?
0: The one that kept me up at night And doesn't anymore because I've—it's been two years. (laughs) So at the start, like I, sometimes it'll still come up, but like I was just always questioning, like, is this the correct direction for the team? Like, as the leader, a lot of the decisions fall upon me, and I want to make sure I'm steering my ship in the right direction, and so. That's that's a lot of like it's so much pressure to just make sure you're you're making good on like people's expectations and your own expectations of yourself. It's just <laughs> it's a challenge, <laughs> but I am so grateful to be surrounded by the like the support that I
1: have because they de- it definitely helps. So can we go about the branding of Equinox? I thought it was really unique. Sure. Yeah, we can talk about it. How did you start developing the brand, the look and feel of it, the messaging?
0: It was just. Timo and I coming together and it was a lot of long, long weeks of figuring out what we wanted our identity to be and how we wanted to show our voice and our story. And we just wanted something, you know, that was unique, but also like spoke to people and also something that was not too commonly used. So a lot of times, you know, you see a lot of, uh, black used in colors um well i'm wearing a black and white shirt (laughs) but i love the black and white so like we actually started like a lot with a lot black and white but i felt like it didn't really translate the the real feel of what we wanted and so then we tried black and gold and then that also did not work (laughs) and then like you know finally we came up with like more color more vibrancy and we came up with the navy and gold and that just really felt like We hadn't seen that too often. And there these are like two colors that we often wear a lot in real life, me and Timo Navy and Gold. (laughs) And we just felt like it was vibrant, bright, and felt like it represented like what we wanted to show. (laughs) Just chill like different, unique, but still familiar.
1: If people think about Equinox, what would you want people to to feel when they when they think of your name?
0: When people think of Equinox, I want them to think about our people, our players, you know, Seth, the creators, the people, because that's what makes Equinox Equinox. <laughs> so I want them to think about CuddleCore. I want them to think about Brian. I want to think about our streamers. Everybody. The people. Even, even the fans. Even the fans. and the, Like, we have great fans. We have a great community. And everybody. It means something. That's what it is. That's what makes it special, I think the family that we
1: are Yeah, that's um, that's what I got off of you guys when I was thinking about um, researching you guys mm-hmm. a little bit and, and just, you know, not even looking into your messaging, but like off of the players that you signed, off of just looking at, um, you know, you as the team owner and everybody that works in it. I was like, what is the feeling that I get? And, mm-hmm. I, and I feel, um, you know, a, a good sense of community. Mm-hmm. I feel like that you guys really care about your players. Um you use the word growth a lot, honestly, <laughs> do I? Do right? I? which is good. Yeah, yeah. cuz then you you cause you want yeah. you're not you didn't you said you didn't want to uh what do you call it? Like sign these big mm-hmm. players. You want to sign these players who are looking to mm-hmm. grow their brands, who are looking to grow as people yeah. as players and and you want to kind of be there to right. support them. Yes, right? And be that family. Right.
0: That's the fulfillment that I get from all of this is like being able to find talent that I think has a lot of potential and then being able to work with them to just you know work together and just do cool stuff together.
1: Did you start off um, Equinox as a FGC team in mind or was there other things before that?
0: We were going to be a fighting game team and also a potentially like an FPS team Overwatch but that didn't work out <laughs> mm. because um as you can see we're like a really small org and overwatch was uh they fo- the esports focused a lot on you know the league so it's it's really tough for a small org there to exist yeah and yeah and and also for me for my for my experiences working with a whole roster like you know like Let's say there's like six people on overwatch versus like one person in Tekken. So like, it just felt like a, it was too big of a beast for me to tackle. And I just wanted to be able to make sure that I could take care of what I had. So we were mostly focused on fighting.
1: Mm. Gotcha. And and yeah. you started off with Tekken first, right?
0: Yes. We started with, off with Dimebaro, Tekken player.
1: And that's the, did you play Tekken? back then or did you start playing Tekken after you, you really got into the scene and, and started knowing the players?
0: I played Tekken like Tekken 3 a long time ago but I didn't start getting back into it until re- when I started working with, at Echo Fox when I was working with Saint in JDCR mm, yeah, that's and
1: right.
0: then I started getting into it and playing it more and then now like it's weird because most of the time when I'm a fan of a spo- uh, an esport or a game I play it. And I'm pretty like I I can be decent or competitive at it, but Uh Tekken, it's like it's mostly spectator sport for me. (laughs) Like it's so fun to like watch and cheer and stuff, and like that's why I love
1: Tekken. You were kicking ass the other day. (laughs) 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 Kicky ass. Oh man. All right. Were were there any objections from the FGC or from anybody when you first started off the team? Not from like family or friends wise but it's like oh who are these like new people like objections at all from the outside
0: honestly a lot of people in the FTC were kind of like cautiously curious like you know because like hmm another team showing up because you know there's a plenty of teams like you know they show up and you know FTC has been burned so much and they're like you know they're they're like kind of like screw esports what like With the FGC you have to be very careful because they really value being authentic and you know being from the grassroots level and like me I just came out of nowhere right like I haven't been around for that long but you know we just kind of stayed true to our message and we just kept doing our thing and being respectful and polite and like getting to know people in the community and everybody was actually quite welcoming <laughs> like they're like oh what's this new team and they're like oh they're cool okay okay and then like we kept going to more events we kept meeting more people um bringing Diane back out and we just i guess it snowballed again from there like you know
1: yeah it happened. <laughs> what i think really helped was like you being there there are, there are a lot of shots of, of you know, just, just B-roll footage of, of um, Equinox being out there in the field at different tournaments yeah. and majors. And they, mm-hmm. there's always a shot, like guaranteed, there's always a <laughs> shot of you like cheering in yeah. the crowd somewhere.
0: Yeah. I love, like, I just like it. I love watching. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I love cheering for the players. I even, like, it doesn't even have to be just Equinox as well. I love watching good-ass Tekken.
1: <laughs> it's fun. Good-ass Tekken.
0: Yeah, so when I have the chance to go to the events, I, I definitely want to go there. And of course, I have to, because we're a small operation, I want to be able to be there, get hands on, like make sure, you know, I do the social media and all that when, uh, when they're at events. Mm-hmm. You saw that at WSOE. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's like something, that's like my expertise, right? Marketing, branding. So I try to use that as much as I can when I'm at events, when I'm at WSOE, <laughs> you know, Evo, trying to just, do what I'm good at. And that's covering it, bringing mm-hmm. eyes onto the event and the players.
1: Oh, I think that is so cool because I cannot think of any other esports teams that exist in the FGC that I've seen the CEO slash founder at the event there cheering with their players, taking <laughs> care of them, hanging out with the community and everything else, you know? Even yeah, we these- played
0: in... Oh, sorry.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, you what?
0: Tim, already played in the NorCal Strong Style 3v3 tournament. <laughs> we actually got kind of far, too.
1: Damn. See, look at y'all. Like, you guys are <laughs> actually... Participants, you guys are are part of the community. You're not just another team looking to come in to, uh, you know, like you know, there are some teams that don't exist now that come in try to make a quick buck off the players and whatnot. But you guys mm-hmm. actually care, and that's that's what's really cool. I completely understand why that the FGC was cautiously curious, like you would say, because um, I've heard way too many horror stories of these random mm-hmm. teams popping up signing players with these very unfavorable contracts that I've read before and you're like oh no like these players yeah. don't know any better right because they think right. oh i'm signed that means i'm legit but like no that means they own you no. and yeah you're not getting a lot out of this deal
0: yeah i there's a lot of t we call them t-shirt sponsors i guess you know like they're like <laughs> clan- they're like more like clans mm-hmm. and of course those are important and they exist in the space as well but we were we wanted to show that you know we were serious we were more than that we were like going to be a team not just like a you know a community
1: thing what do you guys do to ensure that you that your players are taken care of you know like like i i spoke about previously you do hear horror stories about players not taking care of unadvantageous an contracts so and we don't have to get into that legal contractual stuff but like just on you know on surface level like what do you what do you do to help support your players when i think about
0: like a sponsor like sponsoring a player i try not to think of it as like sponsoring the word i don't really like it i like thinking of it like it's like a collaboration like a partnership in a way because we need to be working together to help the player help the game help the community help the team help you know it 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 all is connected in a way so it's really important to me when i am working with a player that they understand that and uh so when it comes to the level of involvement that I'm in, like that I uh, commit, I, I try to make sure that I can help them with their branding, I can help them with uh, media, you know, if they need training as much as I can to just make sure that they, they have a, some sort of support to be able to pursue their career. And a lot of times, there's, there's so many players in this industry, there's so many creators, so many influencers who just need a little bit of guidance. Like, they just need help from somebody who has their best interests, who just wants to see them grow. And I pride myself in that a lot because I care, like, I want to help my players a lot. I, 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 I want to be involved in all stuff. I want to help them grow. I want to see them grow. I, oh my God, I do say grow <laughs> 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 but like, you know, it's I there are some sponsors there who just sign and you know, they go to all these events and you know, that's good. But I want to be more involved in that. <laughs> and the players understand that and they they appreciate the importance of like branding, content, working together, communication and as you can see it seems to be working. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. are doing uh, an amazing job. Before we get into more of the details of like the partnership yeah. between your your yeah. players and you, um, I'm very curious, like what is it like being a not only like a woman but a minority in esports, you know, in, in the position that you are? Are there any challenges that come with that?
0: The the weirdest thing that I have experienced in regards to like my gender or my race is like a lot of anonymous comments would say like just a E girl, you know, like a e-, e thought whatever, you know, because I'm an Asian woman on the internet. For some reason, they think like I. That's how I get everything. <laughs> you oh, know what I'm saying?
1: I see. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm, you're using your looks and stuff like that to to move up in the ladder and whatnot.
0: So uh, don't put this on. But um, mm. so Sky and I and Sumi and like this other girl is like a bunch of Asian girls. They like put us all into a, a graphic and like took our pa- pictures in our uh there all
1: right go ahead so what about the people who aren't the naysayers <laughs> how how, did, how are you treated besides the trolls besides the okay. trolls how how are you guys uh you know okay, how are you treated so,
0: yeah so of course there's always trolls there's always going to be trolls that say a lot of hateful things or a lot of uh, rude things to us but for the most part people in the industry like other players people in the community uh People who have a face to the name, (laughs) they've been super supportive of, of what Equinox has been doing. And they're actually, a lot of them, they understand that, you know, another good organization in the FGC can only mean good things for the industry. So, of course, they're happy that we're coming in and they're grateful and, you know, they understand that. And so it's been a really nice experience because people want us around, you know? People want the FTC and FTC teams to survive, want it to happen. It's just a really tough uh, environment, you know, with poverty, esports and all and COVID.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. COVID for, for the FTC yeah. is tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very tough.
1: So. All right. Now let's dive into the, the role of a CEO. Like what are what are your responsibilities? I think a lot of people have so many ideas or misconceptions about what a CEO does, because it's kind of just like a big word. That can mean a yeah, lot of things. I re-
0: yeah. I, sometime, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> CEO is such like a big word. and You know, I'm not from the corporate world at all. A lot of my experience, 10 years now, I've been esports, you know, esports startups, esports leagues, teams. And so when I hear the word, like, I try to just, like, obviously my title CEO, but like, I feel weird about it sometimes because it's so corporate to me.
1: I feel the same like when we're like oh he's a CEO and founder of, of I was like uh no it's like I
0: get keep
1: it keep you're technically right it.
0: yeah so I'm just like, it's okay so I always say owner like obviously it's like it's fine but I feel super weird about it at times okay Sorry. A lot of times when I think about the like title CEO, I feel like it's too formal. And then people think of like, you know, maybe they're in board meetings and all this stuff. But for me, my day-to-day is basically just running the team. And that means I have a lot of hands in everything. So that's like doing the content, doing the media, um, like social media, uh, working with the players. And so we have players in like Asia. So I have to be available for them during that time. And then we have the players in America. And then I have to, you know, keep up with them, make sure check what events they're doing. It's a little more difficult now because the T W T schedule is all messed up. But I basically have my hand in like a lot of things like branding, the business development, player acquisition, like player management, like HR, <laughs> staffing, like onboarding like partnerships, my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot and events. Yeah, I do a lot.
1: Dang, yeah, and you're you're the CEO of your own life too, right? So yes, that's not. forget, yes. you're also just another person with their yes. own life.
0: <laughs> it's not, it's <laughs> like a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is.
0: But it's a lot. Of, I, I mean, I really enjoy. Like I'm saying it all now, and like I'm like, wow, that's a lot. But like I enjoy it so much that like it doesn't feel like
1: work. <laughs> right? It, it, yeah. I know it a lot of people like, say it's cliche, right? When it's yeah, like, oh, but... if you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like work. But it kind of is like that.
0: Yeah, because like, so like this would be like work for you, right? Like a podcast, but it's fun. Like you, I'm talking with, so with and, friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and this is kind of like my work too, you know? And it's fun. <laughs> it's like just a joy to like be able to use like esports or gaming or this career to like connect with people and do things like this. So I'm, I love
1: it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people might be asking it's like, well, like that's a lot. It sounds like you are the company and that that's kind of true. Um, mm-hmm. you do have other employees working under you. Yes. So what are those, what are those roles that help you delegate some of the tasks? So your brain doesn't blow up from all the overload of work.
0: So I have people that are, I have two people that are able to help me with, uh, designing and media because I I'm, that's not my, uh, expertise. So I have people help with uh design and video just because it's um it's a lot it takes a lot of time and I'm not able to commit myself to it as much. And then uh we have people who come and help with events. And this is something interesting. Um we had like a whole plan to like <laughs> this whole plan to like, you know, really get ready for the TWT and like maybe expand, you know. But then COVID happened and we had kind of had to um, pivot our, our 2020 focus. And so we ended up pivoting towards online events. So I'm not sure if you've seen, but we like, did the Cuddle Circuit and we did like K.O. Cancer and uh, Core versus Fury. And because we had plans to really amp up our, our presence at tournaments, and it just didn't happen that way. But we had to adjust. And I had never, like, if, if the pandemic hadn't happened, we I don't think we would have had time or the drive to do an online event. But now we've done, like, almost one a month. And they've been really successful. And I've been able to work with my staff. Like, the the people, the volunteers come in and help with that. And the staff are really, really instrumental in making those work. So there's no way I could ever do, like, you know, I say, like, I do a lot of stuff by myself. but actually. You know, uh, Tanner and Jasmine, they're my staff and Amy, they're so helpful. There's no way I could do any of this for myself. <laughs> like I say, I bring on a lot of work, but they help me execute it, heck, execute and make it happen. I'm, I feel so fortunate to have them as my support.
1: As a reminder, what were the official roles? So you had like a designer, <laughs> okay. you had a video person and, okay. uh... So
0: we have Amy. Amy's a designer. Then we have Tanner. Tanner does content. And he, he's also like our head TO. He's really great He's really great with
1: community. And then we have Jasmine and Jasmine does uh, social media coordinating. When it comes to, so let's talk about the stuff that you have to deal with. And I think a lot of it is like the high level stuff. The, part, the first part, uh, you said player acquisition. How does that usually work out? Do people approach you more or do you go out and, and look for the players?
0: It's a mix of both. But most of the time I have kind of have an idea of what I want or what I'm seeking. And so I'll spend I, I've spent like most of the season just, you know, kind of scouting and watching. And oftentimes, uh, you know, it just happens to be the right time. <laughs> we both come together, we talk about it.
1: If they want to reach out to a team and and they want to try to get sponsored because they think they're good enough, they have a good, you know, social media presence and whatnot, they think they check out all the boxes. How should they approach a team to get to get um sponsored?
0: So what I feel separates a lot of resumes from each other, like the ones that stick out to me are ones that have a lot of examples of what they've done. The Examples meaning like, if they've worked with a brand, I would love to see it. You know, if they've done an activation, what kind of stream? Oh, if they've done a charity stream, I would love the VOD link to it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I would just like to see more than, I want to be, what did they say? It? Show, not tell. <laughs> I want to be show not told. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. It's really weird. They should really like have a class on teaching people how to make a proper presentation and a resume because actually a lot of people don't know how to properly market their skills and their achievements in a way that would appeal
1: to let's say a team owner (laughs) yeah don't worry we're on that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think i think like in 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 our case though for players i i personally think that um and you could tell me what you think i think portfolios are a lot better than resumes right because portfolios Mm. are kind of more of the the show instead of the resumes are more of the tell right but it's still like what to put on there the presentation of of putting it out there so you're saying okay so first let's just break it down to to simplify um portfolios slash resumes are important um knowing what information to put out there so examples are are good yes does championships slash placements matter
0: they definitely placements and championships they definitely do matter they you know it's it's you know it's a lot of exposure It, it it's important but it's not something that, like, is like, yes, we're, you know, we're gonna pick up this guy right away because, you know, he wants something, you know?
1: It's not it's, the end all be all.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely helped. It definitely helped because it shows, you know, that they have what it takes. And for me, it, it's all part of the package. <laughs>
1: So what what else is included in that package? What are, I, I guess if I want to use, you know, fancy marketing speak, like what are the KPIs y'all looking for? Like the key <laughs> performance indicators, right? Yeah. Uh, which for, for our viewers who, who aren't familiar with that term, it's basically just stats and numbers <laughs> that, that show, you know, so like social media numbers and stuff like that, right? Yes. So what are some examples?
0: So of course, like we just talked about, we want them to have the potential or, you know, have already won tournaments, have the potential to be a champion, right? And then also something seem like seemingly simple is kind of subtle. This is weird. It's like somebody who just is easy to work with. <laughs> like somebody who knows how to work on a team. It's 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 something super important for me in the way that I operate the team. Is like somebody who understands the shared vision. That's something super important. And uh, somebody who knows that because a, a lot of times players don't understand that this is essentially like a job almost you have to work you have to commit yourself you can't just exist (laughs) we have to do this together you know so it's really important for me to find people who understand that
1: yeah you have to fit the team that you're trying to you know values and the beliefs
0: exactly i always ask like why do you want to join echo like i'm so curious i want to know why (laughs) what do you how do you see you like you fitting you know
1: Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think a lot of players aren't educated on, and that's not their fault at all. It's just there's nothing out there. Um, It's like they also have to understand the business side of things, you know, Mm -hmm. because you are like if you want to think about it this way, you're kind of like a freelancer. Right. And so you're you're coming (laughs) in um, not only to benefit yourself, but you're also there. It's like a it's like a two way street. You're there to also benefit the organization you're trying to be a part of. Right, right. Um, and so it's like you have to think about the business side of things and like, what exactly are they looking for? What are their right. goals for growth? and can I and and do do does my skill sets or what I bring to the table does that align with their with their goals?
0: Right, exactly. And you'd be surprised, like a lot of times people you know don't really know how to effective (laughs) like you know they just don't know that so you know they don't know how to make it happen so when i uh when i talk to players about or like people who ask me for advice on how to approach sponsors i just want them to be pretty clear about their story and what they want to tell and just having a clear idea of what their brand is and how they want to grow (laughs) the word again grow (laughs) but. You know, I just, for me, the thing that sets uh, players apart or like applicants apart are people who have an idea of what they want and they have a clear idea of how a team can help, a team like mine can help. And like I said earlier, you, the real examples really help. If they've worked on reactivations, if they've done a charity event, just seeing these things is so helpful and sets a lot of players, uh, applicants apart. And uh, also something that I I like to look at and something that players can really, uh, I keep saying players, is that weird? Applicants? Applicants can really demonstrate is what they're doing outside of just the game, right? Because I'm not, I'm not sponsoring a player, a game, right? I'm not sponsoring Tekken. I'm sponsoring the player. So, That player needs to have some relevance or some something outside of just the game. Because games, games die. Games, you know, they they don't last. So you have to.
1: So you want them to have a personal brand, a well-rounded personal brand. Right. Right. Because if you want to take out (laughs) players, like they're people, you know, it's like, show me your personality. Show me who you are. Right.
0: People. Exactly. And like, it's what I said about Equinox, right? It's the people, it's always the people element that I'm super interested in. I don't know how that is for other teams, but for me, definitely important. The human element.
1: The human element, yeah. And we spoke about this a lot like in the previous chat, right? That's super important to us. Yeah. Is there anything else that's included in there besides like, what are like a reel? Like, do you, do y'all do reels?
0: For so if I'm if I'm working with a commentator, let's say I just picked up we just uh, picked up flexes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she sent she sent a reel is great.
1: Okay, so, so basically her, yeah. Oops, continue. So
0: an example is like she she sent a, a CV like a resume and then like examples, uh, all of her her commentary and reels and that was super helpful and yeah, reels are good for commentators streamers, they're also good for players as well who want to you know explore commentary or like hosting or other sorts of content creation mm. every you know everything is good more show show more than tell you know everything's for me yeah, to yeah. get to know the players so.
1: so all right so that that aligns heavily with my beliefs <laughs> well yes. so I, I tell i tell these people that i tell what? people all the time that like yo if you want to get anywhere in life like in 2020 right the year of mm-hmm. like everybody's online the mm-hmm. more shit you put out, the better off you'll mm-hmm. be. Mm,
0: if you have to be searchable, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like who is this kid? I don't know. Yeah. And you don't find you're like a ghost to people, then you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, if I if nobody knows who you are, how are we gonna make this work, you know? <laughs> so that's why I talked to you about this earlier when I was talking about being nervous. It's like I felt like I had to put my face out there more. Because I felt like
1: That human element, it's it's really important. Is there like do y'all do interview process? Like I've never tried, you know, is there like an interview process? Yeah, there is
0: an interview process. But it's weird thinking of it as like an interview because FGC, like a lot of times it's it's kind of like it's more casual, less Uh. formal. So it's like kind of like we just have a talk. (laughs) Okay, you have a chat, like like I get to know you, right? yeah, Yeah, but it's essentially an interview. But that's what I, I try to frame it that way, because, you know, as you can see, if things are very formal for me, I get a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. And so we, I try to just get to know the player, talk to them, <laughs> try not to make them feel like it's an interview, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. So there is an interview, but I, it's just basically me trying to just get to know them
1: better. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and what, what do, so besides the, the usual, what everybody thinks for for teams, right, helping out players, mm-hmm. when you get sponsored, everyone thinks that, okay, you're either one going to get a salary, and if you're not going to get a salary, they're at least going to pay, and this is within the realm of the FGC, you're going to get your tournament, um, you know, fees paid for and or you could get like the hotel slash transportation if you know depends yeah. right on, on on the budget and stuff like that but besides like the monetary stuff um, which i know varies heavily depending on like location and and who they are and blah 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 it's like what else can you what else do, do you i guess since we're talking about your team as equinox what else do you guys offer to to your players uh, for support wise
0: so one of the, it's weird. It like, it makes me feel weird saying this, but like one of the things I offer is basically my involvement in their career. Like I'm, I'm very hands-on and I take a lot of pride in it because as you can see, if, if you've been following Janelle's career, uh, Cuddle Corp, we worked really close together to try to really build her up from, I think it was October, 2018 is when we picked her up to now. And she's just grown, you know, she's grown a lot. And we've been able to do a lot of fun content together, and that is something that I think a lot of players have seen, and they 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 want that for themselves as well. Like, I care a lot about (laughs) what they're doing and how I can help best help them because I I don't want to just like collect these players, these like top players, and then have them win and all this. I want to be I want to help. I want to be part of it, and. A lot of them notice like my level of involvement and how much I want to help and it seems weird, but it's like one of the best things I can offer. It's like me caring a lot and me doing everything I can in my power to make sure that we make this relationship partnership work.
1: Mm-hmm. What about sponsorships? Um, how do you guys handle that? Is it like a, and and this is where I'm also learning too. Yeah. Is it like Equinox gets the sponsorship and applies to all the players or do you guys seek out sponsorships for individual people?
0: Both. Bo- uh, it's both, honestly. We have deals that are maybe just the team or they have deals that are specific for players. Honestly, I'm we're I'm a kind of uh, leader where I just, I want to make sure our players Players all get this like many as many opportunities and support that they can get. So if a player has like a special, let's say like Janelle gets an offer from a different sponsorship and they only want Janelle, we'll work it out. And we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it. So it's both. I've had event. I've had somewhere. I've had to be just the team, and then I've had somewhere. It's like they just want one player or one streamer.
1: Mm-hmm. And do do you guys help handle the deals? Are you guys like the middleman for it, or do the players have to handle it themselves? Um, or is it like a probably case by case basis? It's right?
0: case by case. So a lot, I I kind of pride myself as well on this. I've learned this from my mentor. My mentor AJ is like, my leadership style is really autonomous. So I want them to be able to do things, you know, on their own. I want them to, uh, you know, have a lot of initiative, you know, take action. And that's what's happened with a lot of them. But oftentimes I'm there as well to help. It's like a, it's both. (laughs) It happens both ways. Sometimes they'll do it. Sometimes I'll help facilitate it and it just works.
1: Mm. Well, what what are the, I guess the biggest hurdles when it comes to obtaining sponsorships for the team?
0: The biggest hurdles when obtaining a sponsor for the team just like the the fact that we are just so new and so small still we're still in my opinion like it's only been what two years and i feel like we still have so much going to do and i still have so much to learn like time has went by so fast like obviously we're we have like six thousand followers we're still quite small compared to a lot of organizations out there so it's hard for us to stand out when if I'm cold calling, you know? Because a lot of times people just look at the numbers and it's not too good, right? (laughs) If you look at it compared to other orgs in this space, because a lot of them are already like you know, 20K, 25K, whatever, huge impressions. So it's a challenge just trying to demonstrate that even though we're small, we're growing a lot and our audience is super loyal. We have like a really good reach to our fans. And obviously, people really understand our brand. So that connection, I think, is, is really valuable. And it's something that we were, we're able to do as a small team. And uh, a way that I sort of approach sponsors is very understanding of what we are. So I understand that we're still a growing team. We're still small. So obviously, it's going to be really hard to get huge endemic sponsors, non-endemic sponsors, because we're too small. So we have to think realistically and um, try to think about brands that would be interested in a small team and brands that would be interested in <laughs> fighting game team because, you know, it's so specific. And so as you can see, a lot of the brands that we're working with, they're, they're endemics. It's Aoi, uh, Addis Inc., um, XSplit, and Quamba. It, these, it just like sort of happened that we shared the same goals. We shared the same visions. I approached them and I told them, a very clear idea of our story and what we wanted to accomplish and it just happened
1: <laughs> was it as scary as you thought it was gonna be oh gosh as you can see everything is super <laughs>
0: <was just> like, <laughs> and there's like of course okay so i'll just tell you about about one of the sponsors so just i won't go into specifics but the sponsor i was so nervous i like freaking in like studied everything about the company all these policies i was like okay what questions are most commonly asked all these things like how am i gonna how do i prepare what do i do and i had like pitch deck that was like 10 pages long and then i get in the call i'm like oh i couldn't sleep i get in the call sorry and then they're just like okay well what do you want and i was just (laughs) like huh they didn't they said like how can we help you how do you see us helping you and i was just like like, do you don't want to see my deck, or like, you know, how they're like, no, we're pretty sure we want to work with you. Just, you know, let us know. Like, how, what, what, how do you envision that? And I was just like, it was such like a chill, normal conversation, and I was just like, so, I, I was relieved, but also sad that I spent like so long studying. Like, my eyeballs were gonna fall out because I was like studying so hard, and it was just so silly. Like they knew what we were about and they had already made up their mind before they came into the call and it was a really weird but awesome feeling <laughs> but yeah i i definitely over prepare and honestly that's something that keeps quells my anxiety like being prepared and just having notes and taking notes and being ready and sometimes it's you know it's it's a waste of time but sometimes you know it, 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 I think it's good because doing the paycheck doing the research you know it kind of like you know you get you you learn I feel like learning is very important when you uh try to reach out or like learn about like reach out to companies, something as simple as looking on the website a lot of people do sometimes yeah yeah you know what i'm
1: saying for sure like you were prepared for anything they threw at you regardless if they did or did not (laughs) right like it was easy but it could have also not have been easy right like you didn't know
0: i didn't exactly and that is something i struggle with a lot with anxiety it's like uh, anxiety is about the future right unknown so you try to prepare for every freaking possible thing thrown at you and realistically you're never going to be ready for everything
1: yeah well thank you for that yeah Yeah, because i i know that someday you know let's say someday soon i'm gonna have to reach out for sponsorships too i I need to make this channel this brand profitable uh, as a business so i could keep on teaching but it's like dang sponsorships like that sounds scary you know like you're asking for something (laughs) but you have to know what they get in return and it's
0: exactly so the thing a strategy that i think works is oftentimes uh starting slow starting small you don't have to just find like the biggest brand and like try to get the biggest partnership ever you know like ninja style no you can start small if your channel is small you're still growing you look for um brands that share your vision or like maybe small like you growing like you and you kind of just grow together at the start like maybe a year ago i was like thinking like how I need to get, I need to start talking to sponsors right now. I need to start making money. I need to, you know, get big brands on here. And I felt so much pressure to do that. So basically I started, I really wanted to get big sponsors, but we didn't really have anything to like really show for it. So I talked to, again, I consulted with my mentor and you know, it was time to really, you know, do proof of concept or case studies to really show Show brands, you know, instead of telling them like, hey, we're gonna put your logo on this, you know, but like really show them what we've done, what we can do. So we did like the Zowie booth, we did, you know, we did the online events, we did a uh, cuddle going to Japan for like first attends. So that was like a lot of our focus is like really doing proof of concept and case studies about why big brands or like brands in general should work with us, showing them solid examples of activations and sometimes that might mean that maybe we don't let's say like we 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 don't get as much money as we wanted for like a certain appearance it's still so helpful that we had made a certain appearance with that brand at this point in our uh with equinox because we're still so small so like the 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 relationship with like Zowie, like, let's say, like, going to the booth, working the booth and, like, being there with them at Evo was just so great for us as a team because we're so small and still growing. And being able to show that, like, the demo, you know, like, case study, proof of concept, is showing, like, other brands, it's just so good. So just having, like we said, those real examples.
1: I, I think that's that's something really cool that I haven't heard yet. Like, I, I've been... Um i think i'm the only one that said it in my head but then like case studies i haven't Mm -hmm. heard the word case studies a lot in (laughs) esports which is super weird but i it's important yes it's important
0: especially if you're a new team or like a growing business you have to people don't they don't they don't have any reason to trust you yet right yeah so like you said you know cautiously curious about what you're about and then you you do it. You show them. You you show them the proof of concept, the case studies. You show them what you're about, and that's basically what we did, mm. and it's been it's been working.
1: <laughs> what's your um What's your approach to leadership? I I know you said a, a little bit about like being very involved, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But um, what's that communication look like between you and the players? If like they need something, and you know you you care about them so much, you want to give them everything in the world, but at the end of the day, you're also a business and you have to balance those, those needs of the business with the needs of the players to try to make sure you come to a middle ground. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So how do you how do you approach leadership in terms of trying to keep balance and making sure uh, you keep everyone as happy as possible?
0: A lot of teams, it's kind of weird, because you know, we don't have a headquarters, we're all online. So it, it can be a challenge to stay engaged, especially if they're like spread across regions and different games and communities so it's important for me to make sure i'm they're still communicating with each other like i check up on them and that they're engaged so that's why during like covid it was really it's it was really important for me to keep them involved and motivated and so that's why we pivoted towards like the online events specifically working with like our players to be commentators or like host of the show or like playing in it so the the approach is like just talk to each other (laughs) stay involved have projects to do working towards the common goal together and that's how i sort of see it my leadership checking up on them talking to them on discord or a text they they have my number like all the people on the The team have my number so they can reach out to me whenever they need. I'm very, very like it's I'm very open about my communication. Like I'm very open. They can reach out to me. And sometimes, yes, like the past, uh, maybe last year before the whole pandemic, I I was getting a lot of burnout, right? Not being able to separate personal life and the team. And so I was working ridiculous hours and like not getting a break at all. And I was getting super burnt out. But then uh, I've been able to really, you know, learn that. I can be a more effective leader if I'm not constantly involved, you know, 24-7. I say I wanna be involved, but 24-7, like, you know, every waking, waking hour, like no. I felt I've seen a lot of growth in myself recently, having pulled back a little bit. And uh, it's been really rewarding.
1: That's oh, that's kind of like the evolution to to what you are now. Where um, I forgot who said it, but you you mentioned someone said that your your style is very autonomous, right? So yes. So you've learned yes. how to kind of like take more time to yourself, yes. letting them do their own thing. And if they need you, you know they will reach out because of the environments yes. you created. Yes.
0: Yes. Exactly. Because you know that <laughs> you have to trust. You have to have that trust that everybody's going to do their job, and for so like that's how. I had to just trust them, right? I don't need to, like, be around. Like, they know what they need to do. They know their job, the environment. They know they can come talk to me. And it works. <laughs> I guess it works for us.
1: <laughs> well, I just realized, and I don't know if I'm going to put this in the podcast if you don't want yeah. it to be. But, like, <laughs> being a team owner is, like, good parent training.
0: It, is, it is like is. You're,
1: good, you're like their mom, <laughs> in a way.
0: Honestly. I, I, I say all the time I don't want to be a team mom I don't want to babysit but I end up you know having to guide a lot of people and having to be there I've had to do a lot of advice on different topics and I wasn't expecting it but you know it just I'm there for them in how I can and I've been really lucky to with the people that we
1: picked up are there any challenges with the international players in terms of like communication and language barriers, uh, time zones, God, I'm I'm so sorry for your sleep schedule sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagining that.
0: So the schedule is crazy. It's even worse when the TWT was around, but this is is a nice break. Because during the TWT, we were traveling all the time and there's like Asia events, there's like NA events, and West Coast, East Coast, it's crazy. But there are a lot of challenges with having like international players because I want so bad to tell their story, like right away. Like I want to, you know, do as much as I can with them. But obviously it's not that easy when you need interpreters or you, you're across the world and the timing is different and the culture is different. So there are a lot of struggles, but I've been really lucky to have people in the resources to be able to work with them, like in Korea, like I've worked with Corey Studios to do content with i uh, Musician and Olson so we just make it work somehow it is a challenge but we make it work you have to be creative with the solutions and like you need a good good people
1: yeah you need to know how how to to ask for help
0: you have to know how to ask for help you have to find people to trust just good and people it's people are so important there's no way you could do it without people like there's no way i could be so like successfully working with international players without the people my people
1: oh my god i think okay so <laughs> i i just had like a like a like a woo okay yeah. so i when i help people do create their brand strategy right i usually tell people to come up with like adjectives to describe their brand and stuff like that and now after talking with you i'm like i think i know like three words that fit um equinox very well and what do you it, think? growth obviously <laughs> right yes people second people? most obvious yes thing. <laughs> and communication communication
0: you know, nobody's ever laid it out like that. That is very true. That's basically what we're about. And those words are constantly coming out of my mouth. So
1: yeah, those yeah. words are
0: constantly coming out of my mouth, but it's the truth. Yeah, and these are these are things that I value. Mm-hmm.
1: A, a brand, especially one that's not like, you know, super big corporate with a bunch of stakeholders mm-hmm. and stuff like your, I, f- I feel like your company, your your team, your your brand um, for anybody is like a self reflection or representation of yourself. You know, you put a lot of yourself into your business, into your the brand of the business. Right. So it becomes a, a, a very big reflection of who you are, the culture that you build in the company, the environment that you create. And so I I could see I could see a lot of those things um, reflected in the way you operate and the players that you pick up.
0: Like you said, I'm so the identity, like it's it's my project, right? That's why I feel like so much pressure to make sure I'm making all the right decisions and leading the ship in the right direction because so much is reliant on me. And at first I used to be really, really scared of that power and like nervous about it, but like it's been two years and I feel like we we've had like the same players for a
1: long time and we're we're just constantly growing. And I just
0: feel like we're doing something right. <laughs> I'm doing something right.
1: <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, what's the most important lesson you've learned so far in your journey as an owner, as a as a leader there? You said there's been a lot of growth. So. You know, self-reflecting off of that, and I could give you a minute to think it's like what's, what's been, you know, the biggest lesson or, or the biggest growth that you've seen in yourself?
0: You know, We talked about this. It's like, I struggle a lot with imposter syndrome and wondering like if I'm making the right decisions or if I'm, you know, if, if a lot of just, a lot of just pressure and wondering if, if I'm doing things the right way. And I was just, it, it was just like, a battle with myself like i told you my biggest like my i feel like my biggest enemy is myself because i'm constantly you know thinking about putting the pressure on myself to do a good job and i've come to realize like no there is no like right way (laughs) there's no right way like nobody has all the answers for me like nobody can tell me how my team is going to be successful right nobody has the answer I'm just doing the best that I can and that's something that I should be more confident in and I feel like everybody's trying to figure it out and esports, uh, FTC, everything is still so new and people are still trying to figure it out and I, I've i become more comfortable and more happy just knowing that I'm doing like the best I can for this organization and I'm building it the best way I think and taking it slowly and trying to build organically. And you know, I I just feel like this is what I've been capable of doing. It's my team, so I should be proud of like what I've accomplished and there's no right or wrong way. You know, it's just the way we're doing it. (laughs) Doing my best. Was that
1: coherent sentences? I think it was honest and real.
0: Yeah. That's what you can get from me, at least, being honest and real, even though it's very nerve-wracking. You (laughs) know what?
1: I think I I would take that any day over someone who is well-spoken and, you know, um, not saying you aren't, but, like, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. they don't, like, whatever, right? But then they're just, like, being all for the camera, you know? So I'd rather you be real. Like, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, so I, I can tell you, like, when I'm able to just be myself and just talk, it's, like, People really appreciate that I'm just, just me. <laughs> like I just like try to keep it real. And sometimes I end up being very weird, but that's just me.
1: That's why you got to work with people who who, who like really like you for, for who you are, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've been really lucky. FGC has been great. We've been so lucky. We've been so lucky. Yeah. I got to meet somebody like you at WSOE, right?
1: like who would have thought that was just so random, they, so picked, random. <laughs> they, picked, they picked me up last minute too they were just like yo you want to work this and i was like sure i'm not doing anything this weekend <laughs> no see
0: it's
1: just awesome yeah it really is i appreciate that thank you by the way yes is there anything you wanted to 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 say or talk about that you didn't get to mention or is there anything important to you that you would like everyone else to hear
0: was that they should check out your podcast <laughs> oh damn plug in <laughs> for me okay <laughs> Yeah, i think this is awesome i think we need more content like this and i i i feel like more resources more educational resources would, would be great because a lot of people just don't know and they just need help so i think this is great and people should check out your podcast
1: you've been you've been great you've been awesome to Uh, have on the podcast i've had a lot of fun but yeah so okay cool well since you plugged me i'm gonna plug you uh go to go to um equinox's twitch channel um follow them subscribe to them uh check out their youtube channel their twitter they got Mm -hmm. merch they got really really cool merch yes and uh where else can they find you uh
0: you find us on twitter equinox eqnx gaming eqnx g-a-m-i-n-g on twitter and then you can find me twitter.com slash nyx rose n-y-x-r-o-s-e and i'm also on twitch same thing nyx rose yeah i
1: yeah you'll catch her kicking ass (laughs) on
0: tekken kicking ass